Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. With me as always, my co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. How's it going, Kirk? It is going fantastically. Good. That's good. I'm I'm a little scared that it's going that well. I don't I don't know why it would be going that well, but I'm I'm happy for you. Um, I'm your other co-host Cam, and we are back, guys. We are back on the podcast. It's like it feels like I, I don't know. We take one week off, which we haven't done in a really long time, uh, really since the COVID era, um, because we were taking lo- we were taking lots of weeks off during the COVID era because there was nothing to talk about at all. Uh, but last year we took a, a week off, a little little post Mario detox, and we're back in the saddle and and raring to go. And I Kirk's clearly raring to go because he said I, he's doing fantastic. <laughs> I think that's what it is, you know. So we record this via audio, via video. I think it's that I don't look in the mirror that much, <laughs> or I maybe I like myself on camera more than I do. Maybe I have bad lighting in my bathroom. I don't know. <laughs> Could <laughs> be. Like, Hey, trick there's me. And then I look to my left. I don't know whichever way the mirrors work on cameras and screens, but my left is Cam and I see his handsome face and I'm like, this is awesome. I'm so excited to be here. Me too. I'm excited. I feel like I forget how to podcast every single time we take a week off, which is crazy because it's only one week, but it feels like an eternity. I feel like the genie in the lamp. We've been watching a lot of Disney movies at my house and my, uh, your nephew, my son, my five-year-old, uh, is obsessed with Aladdin right now. And Perfect. so whenever I got into the studio today, I, I felt the urge to say, 10,000 years will give you such a crick in the neck. Because that's, that's what it felt like. I'm going to hide a camera in your <laughs> office there, uh, in your studio, so that I can see all the crazy things you say to yourself. Oh, I dude. You would I, ha- like I would I be institutionalized. I, I, and maybe I should be. It's It would, seriously, like... I don't know if everybody's like this. I assume they are, but it's it's uh, pandemonium when I'm when I am alone. I just talk to myself the whole time. Yes, there's a wonderful TikTok video that found me on my for you page, and the the girl in it is talking about uh, when you've when you've been alone too long, and the real <laughs> gremlin inside of you comes out, and so and so she's like clicking on her screen, and she's like, oh, do you want a little email? I'll send you a little email, and yes, like, yes, I'm like. Yeah. I do that. Does anyone else do that? That's I why it's called a do. for you page, Kirk. It found you. It's it, it. Those are your people. And I love that. I love that for it's you. True. I showed, I showed my wife, Aubrey, your sister. And uh, she, she was like, I've never done that in my life. <laughs> lies. That's gotta be lies. I, I don't believe it. Everybody does something weird and slightly gremlin demonic esque in there goblin-esque in their uh in their alone God. time i don't be- yes. I, I don't believe otherwise yes if you're not you're not living you're not really living so no you gotta explore the different ranges <laughs> of psychosis that you have and they, they are vast in my case very vast um but that's it's good that we're not alone right now it's good that we're back to podcasting i feel i feel like a little bit more normal it's a it's a not a monday it's a tuesday night feeling in the routine feeling in the groove and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. We have a lot of good stuff to talk about, Kirk. Um, we're sort of in a, in a weird era in film right now where I don't know why this happens, but there's like 
the March wave and then there's the April lull, like the kind of calm before the summer situation. But what we do get right now typically is tons of trailers, tons of announcements. The studios are really prepping for the big summer push, their big rest of the year campaign, all their movies that are coming out. And the culmination of all of that really is CinemaCon, which is the convention uh, for cinema owners. So it's a little bit different than these other fan-related cons that we see, like the Comic-Cons, the, the D23 Expos, etc. This is specifically for, for cinema owners, and this is for studios to sell, weirdly, their products to these people. Um, so it's, it's a very interesting event. Only cinema owners and press allowed. And we just get a very different look, but it kicked off today, Kirk, and we got a lot to talk about with it. So, yeah, how are we feeling? Are you re- are you raring to go? I'm raring to go. You know, behind the scenes, and maybe on here before, Cam and I have talked about we really want to buy a cinema, a very yes. fancy cinema that's in our town, and we just uh, there's an article about those owners, and they uh, they recently started going back to CinemaCon, and I just Ooh. want to. Uh, if they listen, I just want to tell them we're ready to buy. We're ready to buy and we want to go to cinema. <laughs> we're ready. Yes. We have no money, but mentally, spiritually, we're there. Financially, we'll figure it out. Those are minor details. It's about where you're at in your mind. No one really has money. It's just it's just made up. So if we pretend to have money from the bank to then pretend to give them money and they pretend to walk away and it's ours. It's just like that. That's exactly right. I love that in this scenario, we're buying a cinema just to go to CinemaCon. It's not, (laughs) that is the, like, like that's the barrier to entry. We're like, well, I really want to get into the cinema business. People are like, oh, that's really interesting. Why? And we're like, well, to go to CinemaCon. Yeah. That's that's weird. Yeah. $3 million later and we're finally there. (laughs) We're there. We're finally getting to see the flash (laughs) three months before anybody else. Yes. The unfinished version of (laughs) victory. Yeah. That's, that's the dream right there, Kirk. It really is. Well, since we cannot attend, we'll have to live vicariously, uh, you know, through those who are there. And that's how we're going to kick off tonight's what's poppin'. All right, so we are going to start with just a quick little lay of the land with CinemaCon. Now, here, here's what's interesting. CinemaCon returned last year uh, for the first time in the post-COVID era, and it was two sort of mixed reviews. I think I think the cinema owners were really wondering, well, first of all, they were they were scared, you know? Like, it was, you know, what, what was what was it going to be post COVID, right? Like what, what, what do theaters do? And there were, there are some, there's some trust that's been broken by these major studios who've chosen to bring their products directly to their, to their various streaming platforms and who've decided to break the sacred, uh, 90 day theater window and all of these other things. And so that was sort of the, the theme and, and I guess sort of like the black cloud over, CinemaCon last year. This year, Kirk, you know, today was day one and we got to hear from Sony and we got to hear from Warner Bros as the two big uh, studios that are taking the stage. Warner Bros being, you know, the utmost, you know, it's like them and Disney are are the big boys. And the message from both of those CEOs uh, and particularly from David Zasloff, who is the CEO of Warner, was their future of film is in cinemas. 
They want to be in the theater. They're going to respect the window. They are not in a hurry to get movies to streaming. Um, the Sony CEO said that uh, movie stars aren't made in streaming. They're made in theaters. And so they were reinforcing that message to kind of uh, give some reassurance to these to these cinema owners that the, the future of movies is in the cinema. And my question for you, Kirk, is do you buy it? Has the damage already been done? Is there a way back for cinemas? What's your overall take on that messaging? I think there's a lot of damage still out there. And I think there are, now that there's the option of, I can wait 90 days. I can I can figure out how to not get spoiled by something. And then uh, siphon that money from the cinema in just impatience versus getting there. Uh, but I do believe that there will be a, a stronger push to get them to theaters. I, I really do because you want that record. You want that cemented record in I'm one of the top and, and only like $15 billion movies. I'm right behind Avatar. I'm, I'm in between Titanic. I'm above Endgame, whatever it might be. There's so, there's so much prestige there that is that helps the valuation of the company. I think from a uh, from a from a public standpoint, so I think that this I think this holds true. I really do. I hope so. I, I think it's funny, you know. Warner Bros. You could argue is the one who has done the most damage. Uh, (laughs) And I know that David Zaslav is in and, and, you know, he's the new CEO on the block and he's got different ideas, et cetera. And that's good. That's a good thing. I think for his street cred and for the street cred of the company on the whole, but their decision in 2021 to have their entire theatrical slate release same day, HBO max and in theaters, um, I mean, shoot, that might be the whole whole dang thing, you know? <laughs> like that that's that could have and and in my opinion did fundamentally shift consumer expectations in a way that will cert if not impossible, will be very hard to undo. I think that like a lot of people just feel like why would I go to the movies because it'll be on streaming soon. And even if that becomes not true, I think people might just continue to operate that way. Like I think that during COVID people just found different ways to get entertained because it's not like there were tons of movies streaming. Anyway, there was just kind of like a movie desert there because movies couldn't get produced. They weren't getting finished, et cetera. And so people were turning to TikTok, YouTube, whatever for their entertainment. And I just wonder if, you know, the, the, the art form of film took it took a major hit on a permanent basis from that. I think it remains to be seen. I think so. It's still, you know, uh, the rate of which films are coming out is still pretty strong. So that's good. But the yes. quality of, of those films, not as good or, or it just doesn't feel as good. Or um, if you're like me and you're like, man, I'm going to use all this time during during lockdown and and more time at home to watch great films that I've never had the chance to see, and then then you're like, wait, my expectations are way higher now. <laughs> so we've got to we got to up the ante here. Uh, I don't know what what it is and all and all of that muck, but I I think the quality has to go up first and foremost. Yeah, I think I agree because I think there is such a there has been such an extreme shift in quality over the last few years. And I think you and I have talked, you know, and we've talked on this podcast a lot about 
is that just because of COVID? Because you can excuse that to an extent. It's like, well, they couldn't make the movie the way they wanted to because there were COVID restrictions. And even all through last year and into this year, there were tons of movies being released that were COVID productions. And so you just get a lot of this kind of like generic soundstage feeling type of film because filming on location is harder, having a bunch of extras and a bunch of crew and things like that is harder, so it's harder to scale, etc. But man, it just feels, in a way, there are a few movies that have really broken through and have been their own unique thing, and, and many of those were nominated at the Academy Awards and some were not, but but the like majority, like the median of film that we watched over the last year just feels kind of like the same thing over and over again. It feels like a direct streaming quality movie and i hate that i want that yeah. to i want that to end desperately yeah, and that's why you should follow us on letterboxd that's letterboxd be it with the b-o-x-d yes. you can watch all the films we're watching watch yeah. what we're reading and you can be like wow cam wasn't joking about his kids watching a ton of disney movies lately because my letterboxd right now is like aladdin finding nemo toy story <laughs> one toy story two uh, it's, it's they're watching ridiculous. the entire catalog. They are. They're going through it. I respect it. I respect the hustle quite a bit. But I, I think if you're a theater owner or if you're a fan of film, I, I agree with your original point, Kirk, that this is exciting to hear and that you believe the sentiment. I, I, I agree with that. I do think there is an intent to return to theaters because I think the streaming model just has not worked the way people thought it would. It's not as profitable. You can't generate the same quality. You can't generate the same buzz or excitement. It's just not fun watching a movie release on streaming. It just really is not as interesting as the event, the occasion of going to the theater. Um, yeah. I just hope it's not too late. I I just hope it's not, hope the damage isn't done. But And if it is done, well, then we all have to start building whatever the size of a regular theater is. I don't know, 300 foot screens in, <laughs> in our, our homes. homes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then invite everybody over. And then it's like, kind of like that. Um, you really <laughs> and only then need... we'll have to pay royalties from our own homes. <laughs> you only need one in every 10 friends to have one of these. And then you pay them to go. And then all of a sudden you've recreated the whole thing. And you have scratch. your own small business as well. <laughs> so congrats. Perfect. Um, all right. Well, let's get into like what's actually shared at CinemaCon. So as, as an overall, um, this isn't like your other cons where they're really looking to sell you on things that are coming in the fu far future. They're looking at, here's our slate this year. So you get a lot of um, clips and trailers for films that are releasing this year, as well as some teasers for what's to come, just to kind of get the theater owners um, fired up a little bit. But it's mostly like, here's what's coming to your theater. Here's why you should put it on every single screen that you have in your theater when it releases and why we should go out and break box office records. So a lot of what we got from Warner Brothers today was a lot of Barbie, some Oppenheimer, you know, the the other various projects that Warner has going on. But, you know, there was a huge contingent from Barbie. There was a huge contingent from Oppenheimer. New clips and trailers were shown. Dune 2 uh, trailer was shown, though it was not released. Uh, but the big thing that was released, because this is what Warner has keyed in on to be the the shining jewel in their CinemaCon slate is the flash. So they are showing the flash in full. 
um, at CinemaCon. In fact, I think it just wrapped up about yes. an hour or so, so ago because I got a bunch of Twitter notifications with some reactions um, that I have not read yet, but just some quick, like, uh, non-spoiler reactions from the critics who were attending. But they also released a new trailer today for this film, Kirk. And so uh, for copyright reasons, we won't show the trailer here on the video, but we will discuss it. Um, the the sort of tagline here for this trailer was Worlds Collide. They're leaning heavier into showing us more of um, Zod, Michael Shannon, as our villain, who was also obviously the villain in Man of Steel, more of Sasha Kaje as uh, Supergirl, more of Michael Keaton, a lot more of Michael Keaton as Batman. And as you can see from the poster here, they're like co-branding this as a Batman movie, which I think is yeah. the obvious marketing move. Um, and then a little bit more Ben Affleck. But Kirk, this trailer um, may be the final trailer that we get. It'll probably be the last bit of like good chunks of new footage that we get of this movie in trailer format. So um, what's your take? We were really high on the first trailer. What's your take on this one? I like this one too. I like this one too. I liked that it gave us a better look at Supergirl. I don't think that she had a real chance to shine. I think there was some CGI in the first trailer that uh, wasn't done yet. You know, just a little, it looked a little, uh, uh, just not done, <laughs> just dated. I don't know. Um, so I was glad to see some like real acting from, from the, that, that actress. Cause I'm not, I don't recall seeing her in anything. And I, I loved the, the, there were better clips chosen of, of Ezra, even though, you know, Ezra's the worst. <laughs> there were better clips shown of that character to, tell us where the story is going versus let's, let's use Ezra Miller's bag of tricks instead, uh, but more so let's tell the story of this character and why we want you to come see this. So those are the big wins for me and seeing Michael Keaton in what seems to be an alternate reality. It doesn't seem like 1989 Batman. Mm -hmm. It seems like he's a little, I don't know. He seems like a little villainous at, at times and a little deranged. And I kind of like this very mysterious air to him. Yeah, I mean, to a certain extent, like the Michael Keaton Batman was always a, a bit unhinged. True. <laughs> you know, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Uh, but yeah, there there is a different vibe to him. There's a different, I mean, maybe it's that he's older, he's, he's lived more, he's seen more. Who knows what happens in his world? Because the Batman continuity that we know is not obviously his continuity. It's, some, you know, the Bale, Batfleck, Pattinson type type thing. Mm -hmm. um, agree with you on Sasha Kaji. I thought she looked great in this trailer. I thought her scenes. Um, there's a lot more emotion packed into this trailer from Ben Affleck, from Michael Keaton, uh, from Sasha Kaji, Ezra Miller, etc. Um, all of which I thought played really well. I thought the CGI looks. I think the the color, the colorization, the 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 color grading and balancing is beautiful. Um, it looks like. There's still a decent amount of slow-mo, which we've come to know and, and expect in, in uh, DC films, but it's not like, it looks good. It doesn't look yeah. like uh, like the slowest of frame, like a zillion frames per second. Like, I don't know. It doesn't look like Zack Snyder, um, which I'm yes. not a fan of. And yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm overall very favorable. And, and the hype train for this movie, Kirk, it has left the station. It's left the tracks. I think it's actually left the stratosphere at this point. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, we had the Tom Cruise one, you know, called and per- personally requested to see the film and then said it was, it was amazing, spectacular, whatever adjective you want. David Zaslav, which who knows what his opinion on movies means, said it was the best superhero movie he'd ever seen. He's the CEO of Warner Bros., so that's obviously um, non, non-bias on his part. Mm-hmm. And then James Gunn was like, yeah, the rumors are true. This thing slaps, <laughs> um, which... You know, he's not saying that about Aquaman. Maybe he will when Aquaman releases, but... No. Uh, <laughs> he will either stay silent or he'll say, glad I wasn't part of this production. <laughs> well, dude, I got to tell you, everybody who saw clips from Aquaman today at CinemaCon absolutely trashed what they saw. <laughs> yeah. Every single person in my Twitter feed was like, Aquaman, <laughs> the Lost... What is it? The Lost Kingdom? Is that what it's called? They were Probably. like, this movie looks like hot garbage. I can't even <laughs> believe that this is a thing. Um so who knows? And and Blue Beetle got a little bit of a panel too, and people seem mostly favorable to mixed on that film based on what we've seen. But the Flash is the one that they're saying is just a certified banger, like gonna kill it at the box office, gonna light the world on fire. Um, from what we've seen with the trailer, I mean, it it certainly looks like it's gonna be good. I don't know how good, yeah. but it it looks pretty good. June sixteenth, it's coming. It is coming. Faster than a speeding train, faster than a bolt of lightning. <laughs> what yep. else is fast? Faster than, uh, 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 I don't that's know. It. That's all. Those are all the fast things. Those are all the fast things. <laughs> Nothing else is fast. Faster than a chair thrown by Ezra Miller across a Hawaiian uh, restaurant. <laughs> oh, shouldn't yeah. have gone there. Sorry. That dude, that's still the elephant in the room. Like Ezra Miller. I don't know. Did we get the apology? Did we did we get I mean, I know there was a statement. Nah. But but where's the press tour? Where's the apology tour? Where's the like yes, I'm a lizard person who has hurt people and not just in the past couple of years, but like for a while. And yes, I'm a I think he's a good I, I think they sorry, I think they are a good actor. Um and have have tons of skills in the tank, but it's just if you're assaulting people, kidnapping people, uh, there's there are restrictions on on what we will allow there. Yeah, best updated guess on Ezra's PR tour is that they want to see the the studio. They want to see what the reaction is if there is mm. forgiveness, maybe or or a path forward that says, "Hey." Loved the performance. Uh, let's try to forgive. Or hey, love the performance and uh, let's recast. You know, I think that yeah. that might be part of it. I would love a recast, regardless. I mean, Same. I, I personally don't care how good it is. I, you know, I talked to Big Talk and said I was going to boycott this film. I don't feel inclined to do that anymore because of all the hype that's around it. Maybe that makes me a terrible person. I don't know, but they're still releasing the movie. We have a movie podcast. We have to talk about it. It's going to make a, a billion dollars probably. It's going to be a big deal. But when it's all said and done, regardless of how good it is, I think they need to go. I think Ezra's, Ezra needs to be out the door, period. Two things. I think we both said we didn't want to see this. But I will I will say that there are people who at any presidency over the past 20 years said they would move to Canada, and they never yeah, did. that's okay? true. So I think we can go see a movie. <laughs> well, yeah, and there's – I mean, there's – I mean, with all of this stuff, it's like, 
well, Ezra's obviously not in jail, you know, it's like there's what has been proven in a court of law. I frankly just don't know. I I don't know. Like I know that I know that they have been arrested on certain things. I honestly just am not up to date on all of the legal proceedings around this, whatever, but there are lots of bad people in Hollywood. I think Ezra's pretty close to the top of that list. And I hope that they are soon gone from Hollywood. Preferably after this, but I've got a guy. I've got a (laughs) Kirk's that he's got a PI. I got a PI and uh, following closely the the Ezra case. uh, (laughs) Ezra has no clue uh, that of which person this is following and and on the table. (laughs) Is it Dirk Curlin? (laughs) (laughs) It's Dirk Curlin. Yeah, that's that's a real crack squad there. So you have to keep us posted on any any findings there. Um, until that time, we'll see the flash, and maybe maybe that makes us bad people. I don't know, but there there's honesty for you. Okay, moving on. Um, the other things that happened at CinemaCon were were just largely Sony, and Sony just confusing me Kirk I I don't know that like they're they're doing they're leaning really heavily into this Spider-Man universe of villain spin-off movies which is still very strange Um, and one of the things that they leaned heavily into at their presentations yesterday supposedly there were no new clips or anything released uh, was uh, Craven the Hunter starring Aaron Taylor Johnson and the big reveal was that this movie would be rated R which makes it the the first of the, I don't even know. They call it like Sony Spider Man Universe. They have some sort of some sort of acronym for it, but um, it's the first of these movies, uh, meaning Venom, Venom Two, Morbius, and Craven to be rated R, and I frankly am puzzled by that. It's like where where's the cohesive strategy here? Is uh, wh- why? Of all these movies, you would think Venom would probably garner an R rating, but instead it's Craven the Hunter. And it's it's not like all or nothing. It's just like the first three are PG thirteen and now this one's R. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's uh it's a mystery. Um you know, the fact that they could tell Aaron Taylor Johnson, you know, to let loose on all of his curse words and somehow they were able to restrain Tom Hardy from saying all the curse words that he probably wanted to say in improv. That's what baffles me. That's what probably would have made this, you know, Venom in our movie and, and this one, uh, Craven being in our movie versus the gore and, and, and violence and anything like that. So yeah, yeah. I'm mostly, I'm mostly baffled by the, the language restriction because both of them, they got potty mouths all over. And so the, but I, Tom Hardy is a little bit more, you know, scarier. So it doesn't make any sense either way. Um, but if they make a Venom 3, the hope would be that that one would be rated R as well to really give the flexibility of that type of character who really lives in an R-rated world. Yeah, but in the third film? Just the third one. I don't know. The second and, one kind of lost me, to be quite honest with you. Oh, it was a mess. Maybe they should just uh, <laughs> refilm all three of them and and uh, just add whatever they want in them, and then just call them the yeah, director. Just be cuts. like, okay, these are these are rated R now, and deal with it. You have Tom Hardy doing ADR. He's just audio saying like bleep bleep bleep. Like yeah, just, so, Sony just goes full George Lucas, <laughs> destroys every previous version of Venom and Morbius, releases R-rated 
studio slash director's cuts and we're just they're just reformatting the whole strategy here's the best part kirk you want to hear this this is from a discussing film tweet this is my favorite tweet of all day yesterday (laughs) okay this is their recap of what was shared regarding craven the hunter okay uh aaron taylor johnson's craven uses foot traps on enemies whilst also biting off someone's face the CinemaCon teaser, this is the best part. The CinemaCon teaser ends with someone saying, quote, do you want to know why they call me the rhino? Unquote. As that person transforms into the rhino. Transforms what? into the rhino? What? Like Optimus Prime? <laughs> is that what? Like, <laughs> what is, is this Animorphs? What's happening? Oh, transforms into. <laughs> also, that, please guess, tell me the line. You want? Don't you want to know why they call me the Rhino? Please tell me that doesn't make the final cut. Please. That's not allowed. I mean, that's just as bad as you know the Morbius line of <laughs> I'm, "I'm Venom." Just it's Morbin time. Oh yeah, yeah. The who are you, Venom? Just kidding. It's me, Doctor Michael Morbius. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That was terrible. That one was terrible. Also the also the Zachary Levi, whatever it was from Shazam two. Oh my god! I can't believe I just punched a dragon or threw a bus at a dragon or something like that. Yeah, that and the Fast and the Furious line was notably awful. (laughs) You know. Oh, in the Fast Ten, in Fast Ten trailer. uh, no, when uh, when Zachary Levi's sitting at the you know, oh the, that one yes the lunch table with with Helen Mirren and Sheesh. he says family and it's like oh it's so so ouch. bad cringe, those are bad there's city. a lot there's a, there's a lot to look forward to of memedom and poking holes in for this Craven movie yes. I don't I don't agree with any villain origin movie anymore it's been done it's been exhausted and it can only be done a couple of times agree. As it's been proven that these suck, <laughs> besides it, a few. I think that Joker was a special case, um, yeah. because of the creative direction that they took with that film, and it's a really, it's a very divisive creative direction that they took with that film. Mm-hmm. There's really just not much room beyond that, um, and I think they no. should stop immediately. <laughs> also, that's pretty much it. We got a little bit more from the Spider-Verse movie, which is which is coming very soon. It's it's June, so that's going to be here before we know it. So I'm kind of like done taking in information about that movie. I feel like I don't want to know more at this point. Um, and tomorrow for day two of CinemaCon will be the Disney panel. Um, so that'll be lots more news coming with that. But we'll probably recap that on next week's episode. For the remainder of this week's episode, I want to talk about... <laughs> one little interesting tidbit that came across in the midst of all this CinemaCon stuff, which is that Joe Russo of the Russo brothers um, sat down with Collider, the publication, and they got, you know, sat down for an interview and they got on the conversation of AI. Um, Joe Russo is the one who's pictured on the right-hand side here for those of you who are watching on the YouTube, but they got, they got on the, on the uh, discussion of AI and Joe Russo um, you know, when, when kind of talking about AI was basically saying that, that it could be possible for AI to start creating movies in the near future. Um, he threw out this, this concept that you could have a streaming platform in which you say, I want to see a movie starring my photo real avatar and Marilyn Manson. And then the AI, um, or sorry, not Marilyn Manson. 
Not Marilyn Manson. Not Marilyn Manson. Not Marilyn Manson. Not Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Monroe. Oh yeah. Marilyn Monroe. Oh my gosh. Now I now I'm gonna have waking nightmares for the rest of the day. Uh, He's anyway. gonna come to you. He's actually the real Freddy Krueger. He's outside He's- my window right now. No, seriously. Uh, anyway, Marilyn Monroe and my photo real avatar, and then an AI would spin up a story and show you a movie. That's sort of the extreme case. But what this births is a nice thought exercise, which is um, how likely do you think it is that AI could create a, not not create a movie, I think that we know that that's possible, but a movie that is passable as something that's authentic and real. And let's say objectively good and well-liked by everyone. Do you think that's a possibility? You know, I think it can be possible. I've seen some crazy stuff on, on the TikToks the past couple of days about uh, Adobe had just released something I think called Adobe Firefly where it can edit your videos for you. You put all the content in, you tell it what to do, you tell the AI part of it what to do and it just like cuts it up real nice. It will like, if you have an A roll and a B roll, it'll like make it work. Uh, it'll, it can write a script for you. It can storyboard an idea for you. So I think it's coming. I think we're, I think it's not coming. I think we're on the cusp of it. But a full feature length film, Kirk, and do yeah. you, like like something you could watch, and unbeknownst to you, it's created by AI, and you would not be able to c- detect that. Hmm. If it is edited, yes. If it edited is edited by human beings, yes. Okay. If it is not edited, there will there will be moments where you're like, "That's a robot." <laughs> <laughs> like grammatically or mm. philosophically, uh, just like I think we should reveal now. This entire podcast has been written by AI. <laughs> this <laughs> is all deep fake te- technology. This uh, isn't even our voices. We just had them listen right. to our podcast and try to create our voices. Uh, but no, I think we stole people's identities <laughs> off the internet and then created uh, really detailed deep fake uh, avatars for them. That's right. I think that it has to be edited for it to be passable. Okay. Interesting. Here's my take. First of all, I find it hilarious that Joe Russo is the one who said this because when we talked about his film, um, the Russo brothers film, the gray man from net from Netflix last year on the podcast, I believe we had a discussion that it was, it was as if a spy action thriller was created by an AI, that that movie was what would happen if you told an AI to create an action spy movie, um, which is hilarious because that's exactly what it is all the way down to the title. I mean, the gray man, that's a hilarious title and the casting, (laughs) the whole thing is, is brilliant. Um, so that is very funny for me. I'm going to, I'm going to take the optimist view here and say, no, I don't think, I don't think so. I really hope that it cannot. Um, here's the thing. Filmmaking is such a personal, artistic exercise that and and there's so much there's so much human accidental nonsense that happens that makes it into films and and Mm -hmm. mistakes that were not intended to happen that make it into a film i just i i hope and i pray that and maybe i'll maybe i'm dead wrong that ai just couldn't recreate that and even if you told an ai to make a superhero movie in the style of james gunn 
it couldn't make a legit two and a half hour movie that is believable and, you know, captures all of the personal nuance that somebody like him or any, any other, you know, whatever, any choose your auteur director, uh, Jordan Peele, Martin Scorsese, whatever you want to do. Um, I would hope that that cannot do that. Yeah, it's true. It's like the, it's the Dustin Hoffman. I'm walking here scene from midnight cowboy. It's, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it's Manchester by the sea when they're putting the ambulance, they're putting the, the gurney in the ambulance and they couldn't get it. And they just keep trying. There's a, (laughs) a, you know, a fake dead body on that gurney. Yeah. And they can't get the gurney inside the ambulance. It's those moments. Well, think about Jaws. Okay. Jaws. Yes. So, like, Jaws is the perfect example. They, the the shark not being shown as many times as it as it was is not, is is not intentional. They wanted to show the shark a lot more, but yeah. the Robo Shark didn't work like at all. Yep. So uh, they came up with something more genius just by accident. I don't know. It, call me a, a hopeless romantic, but I, I just really hope that we're not in a world where creators don't create anymore. Sure, sure. We'll see. We'll see. But the Russo brothers may be AI in human form after the gray man. I'm, I'm convinced of it. And I mean, look at them. They look, they look like they're just a bunch of, <laughs> I don't know, binary numbers. Just, just, just androids, highly sophisticated androids who made a really, really good couple of superhero movies to their credit. So if they are, mm-hmm. I mean, take the good with the bad. You get Captain America, the Winter Soldier, and then you get the gray man. And then uh, they're making this Amazon Prime series called Citadel, I think was theirs. Ooh, is that theirs? I, I want that very badly. I, I know, it. but but have they made anything good, Kirk, outside of the MCU? Any one thing? Yes. Well, you liked Cherry. I liked it a lot. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think I, I think the jury's still out on these guys. I don't think they like they made a couple of really, really spectacular superhero movies and I will be forever grateful to them for that. But I have questions about their original capabilities. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So does uh, so does AI. So does Chat GPT. <laughs> they got some questions. Chat GPT has, has has thoughts as well. We'll have to ask. Um all right. That's that's basically all I got for for this week for what's popping, Kirk. I think we ran through all our topics here. Um I do want to say, I know we were talking about this before, uh, the Return of the Jedi is back in theaters this weekend for the 40th anniversary in theaters. So so this is a, you know, potentially a once-in-a-lifetime type chance for, for people out there who were not around whenever Return of the Jedi released in theaters. Uh, we were not. I, I assume it's some version of special edition. I don't think the original theatrical cut of these movies exists anywhere so that's kind of a bummer but could be cool i will be at a wedding this weekend so i will not be able to partake but i did want to flag that for those for those uh star wars and non-star wars fans out there anything else kirk what what else is there to watch what else should we be keeping an eye out for oh my goodness there's so many things to watch i know that john mulaney's new comedy special just dropped Mm. on netflix uh, called baby j i think it's a mix of his most recent tour i've not watched it yet but his most recent tour called from scratch and him just still recovering from the chaos that his life uh, recently took yeah and we saw that show um from scratch when it came to town and it was great 
I thought it was, yeah. I thought it was spectacular. So um, that that's definitely something to watch for. I know there's a lot more coming our way. I think there's, so um, you know, the Mandalorian just wrapped up. So there's that going on succession. Oh my gosh. Succession guys. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Last plug of the episode. And you've probably been told this by everybody and you hate hearing this, but I'm here to tell you, if you've ever liked any of our thoughts on any movies, or if you haven't, you have to watch Succession. It's just you a do. must. It is the show of our era. It is It is the show. It is the Sopranos, the Wire. It's It's that one. It's the one. Um, you know, in, in a way that Game of Thrones being a giant fantasy series, just it's it's not the same. And Succession is in its final season, and it's not a dumpster fire. Um, it's actually, I don't know, peaking? Dare I say, it's yeah. really good. It's really, really, really good right now. Barry is out there. You Barry, know, yes. Uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel, it's final season as well. Lots of things coming to an end this year. I know. Uh, so make sure that you're you're catching in on on those and or uh, waiting until they're all wrapped up like I'm doing with The Mandalorian. I'm like, sweet, season's over. I'm going to watch every episode Binge very it. soon here. I like it. I like it. Well, whatever you choose to watch, first of all, be sure to share it with us on Discord or social media. We are junkies of of content, and we love to hear what you guys are watching, hear your thoughts, uh, discuss. So that'll be a good time. Be sure to share it on Discord or social media. And otherwise, um, have a great week, and we will leave you with a thank you from our executive producer, Ryan Spriggs. As well as band from, or <laughs> music from his band. I, I am an AI and I'm breaking uh, <laughs> rhetoric, which is playing right now. See you next time. Talk to you then. I'm walking here. I'm walking here.